Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajah Lee. Waj, what's cooking? You know, well, what's, aside, what's, what's, yeah. Aside from the earth, uh, you know, I'm gonna just test out uh, if I can fry my egg outside on my porch. Uh, you know, that's a normal thing to do in 2022. And then, you know, just to get some more uh, impressions and retweets, I'll just take a video of it and put it on Twitter. Because that's apparently what we do now as a summer activity in 2022 as the planet cooks. Thanks to unchecked climate change that scientists have warned us about for 30 years. But thanks to human greed, Republicans and Joe Manchin, who do not give a single solitary F, we now have a record heat wave in Europe, where I think the temperature in England is 104. And by the way, that was the temperature in Pakistan. So I empathize with you because I've spent some summers in Pakistan. And there's wildfires in Spain and a drought in the Horn of Africa. But other than that, Danielle. What's cooking in well, New York? You let, well, uh, aside from people in the subways, aside from uh, I, which I just saw yesterday, an entire sinkhole uh, that pretty much sucked up half of a street in the Bronx uh, because following wow. the tremendous heat, there was uh, a buckets load of rain that was dropped in New York and an entire Cars, cars, entire cars were sucked into the street by a sinkhole that has opened up. Um, you talk about the drought in the Horn of Africa. The country of Italy declared a national emergency mm. for the drought that they are having there. Uh, today, it is 114. That is not me being hyperbolic. It is 114 mm. goddamn degrees in Texas where they have issued a series of alerts about how their electrical grid, which we know is crap from the number of people that froze while Ted Cruz went to Cancun over the winter, um, are now experiencing strokes and uh, water shortages and the inability to run their air conditioning in this life-threatening heat. Waj, I got to tell you that 
You know, I'm not one for I told you so to the American people, but when there was a time 20 and 30 years ago when we used to believe scientists, when we used to all collectively believe in science. And when they told us back in the day that, hey, you know, there are some signals that the planet is giving (laughs) off, that the temperatures are increasing, that our water, uh, the water temperature is increasing, that the storms are gathering more warm water and warm air, which means that those storms, those hurricanes, those tornadoes are going to increase uh, wildfires because of these droughts are going to increase and become the norm. Now here we are and hundreds of people have died in Spain. Hundreds, Mm. not like a hundred, hundreds of people have died. And that is not from the global health pandemic that continues to rage. And so I'm like, Dan Rather tweeted and he said, so now can we talk about climate change in like a real way? And I said, No, because Mm. in this country, we're still debating whether or not it exists with the idiots that are in the pocket of oil companies. Well, uh, with that amazing uh, uh, picturesque portrait that you have eloquently painted uh, with literally the world on fire, isn't it comforting to know, Danielle, Mm -hmm. that of the two major political parties, one of them still doesn't believe in climate change. In fact, the the de facto leader of the GOP is still Donald Trump. Yes, he's weakened, but he's still the leader. He said that climate change is a hoax created by China. And so as the planet is cooking, and like you mentioned, the Republicans of Texas in their brilliant lateral strategy uh, have decided to have their own independent energy grid (laughs) that is completely disconnected from the nation. And as such, people died literally froze to death, and now they're cooking to death because Mm. people will literally die for whiteness. And we still don't have conversations with actual (laughs) climate change scientists on TV, right? But while this is happening, uh, and like you said, we even had Al Gore come out with a documentary called An Inconvenient Truth, and even Al Gore was like, hey, everybody, I'm the most like inanimate man on Earth, but here's a documentary to to warn you about climate change. And I got Leo with me, so maybe yeah, yeah here's you'll Leo, here's Leo DiCaprio. Him. I got even got Leo, and he's even going to do a movie called Don't Look Up. It's like we're living, we're living the movie Don't Look Up, and I know that movie, Don't Look Up, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is trending right now for all the wrong reasons because uh, that movie you haven't seen on Netflix, you should see it. It's this really, it's not even a satire. It's kind of like a documentary now about yes. like a comet heading to Earth. And because of the both sides, corporate media environment and us placating uh, bad faith Republicans and us ignoring science, as Daniel said, literally a majority of them, uh, not a majority, but a half of Americans literally are d- deluded into not looking up at the sky and seeing the mother effing comet that's about to destroy them, right? So there was a clip that came out today that went viral where they showed a scene of the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence's- uh, My favorite scene, uh, yeah. on the morning show? Yeah, on the morning show. Remember yes. that? That scene where, yes. like, uh, where like, they're like, oh, there's a comet coming, and then Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett, who I think are doing a morning Joe routine, just laugh it off. <laughs> and, then, and then you see Jennifer Lawrence's like eyes twitch, and then she just goes, excuse me, we're talking about human extinction. And then so someone did this clip where they, now they cut from the movie to an actual clip from a morning British daytime show where the two anchors are just laughing it up and saying, it's not that hot, is it? And then and the, the meteorologist says, it's a great day today. He's like, yeah, there's some positivity here. And the, everyone's like, what the F? The planet's cooking. Yeah. Freaking houses are melting in, in, in literally in England. There's like wildfires in Spain. And so 
there's a, I want to say this, you know, if you ever read the Bible or the Old Testament or, or the Quran, there's a story of Moses. Okay. You read these stories of Moses literally warning people like, hey, God is displeased with the Pharaoh and oppression, and I'm going to send some plagues. And you sit there and you read the story and you're like, okay, you know, this is a little bit unbelievable. If I saw the frogs coming down from the sky, I'm like, Moses, I'm with you. Okay. There's not just frogs. There's locusts. There's frogs. There's blood in the water. The firstborn are dying. The Red Sea literally parts. And still people are like, nah, I'm going to go with the Pharaoh. And you sit there and you read that story as a kid and you're like, human beings aren't that stupid. And lo and behold, Danielle, I'm humbled. I'm, I get it. I get the story of Moses. Yeah. They are that dumb. You know, it's so funny because I, I I had tweeted this where I said I was mentioning Don't Look Up and I was talking about it in the same way because I was listening to a segment on a morning show where they were talking about new lighter fashions that people can wear to keep <laughs> themselves cool. And I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like you're talking about linen right now as like literally the country is on fire. You think that that's the the thing. And then I listened to an anchor say to uh, a, a scientist and say, you know, how much of this do you think that you can link to climate change? And he was like, all of it. <laughs> like what, 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 fra- what part were you picking out that you weren't going to link to climate change? And so, I mean, Waj, like, I, I don't think that there is a better metaphor for the fuckery that is the 2020s mm. in, on this planet than 2022 and what right. is happening, con- like a convergence of problems that are happening around the globe. And so Joe Biden our president today, once again, fell short of issuing a public health emergency Mm. around climate change. He didn't do it for Roe v. Wade either, right? And again, executive orders and uh, acts of emergency are the drastic steps that are necessary that open up different pockets of money to be able to do different things in order to, you know, quell a crisis from continuing. He stopped short of it. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, So I want to remind everyone that Donald Trump declared a bullshit national emergency just so he could get a stupid wall funded that was never built, by the way, right? He declared a national emergency and that was a huge crisis and outrage and like, you know, brouhaha and people like, how dare you create a national emergency around something which is not a national emergency? And he literally stole money from like the military to fund this wall, by the way, Danielle, that it has not been built for a, a, a nonsense invasion that never happened. All right. I just want to lay, 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 just yep. give some context. OK, so in reality, on Earth One, where the rest of us live. There is an actual emergency, and we have articulated that emergency as climate change. We are literally feeling it right now, and Europe is burning as we speak. President Biden has the bully pulpit. 81 million people came out during a pandemic, Danielle. This was before the vaccine. People forget that. 81 million people, especially black and brown folks who don't have access to healthcare like everyone else, came out during a pandemic to ensure that President Biden defeats Trump. He has the power to declare a national emergency around climate change. And I just want to give some specifics. When he declares an emergency as the executive, the taps of federal money, right, he can build 
uh, renewable energy projects in military bases. He can buy more electric vehicles for the government fleet. It allows him to reinstate a ban on crude oil exports. It gives him some legal legal cover to stop offshore oil and uh, gas drilling, right? And it gives him uh, the tools that the Supreme Court just took away. Because I want to remind people that the right-wing extremists on the Supreme Court are pro-life for the pre-born, but pro-death for the post-born. They ruled in one of the many cases they did in their last term that the EPA could not reduce greenhouse emissions during climate change. So here you have literally an arsenal of weapons at your disposal. And what does President Biden do? Nothing. Ah, yeah. And then who gets blamed for bringing to the forefront that President Biden can do more and is not doing more, but then somehow it's our fault. Progressives. It's progressives, it's quote-unquote activists that are out of step with the Democratic establishment that all of a sudden we're the ones that are the problem and not the ineffectual federal government that doesn't, that wants to fall short in every, in every crisis that we are being met with. And so, you know, I I guess here, I, you know, I, I don't know, Waj, if honestly, if we're just too late, Right. Like, I don't even know if and what steps can be taken, because one of the other announcements that came out is that not one country that was a part of the Paris climate uh, agreement is on track to deliver what it was that they signed up to deliver. Not one country. So it's not just the United States that was reinstated into the Paris climate agreement in 2021 when Joe Biden was sworn in. But the fact is, ain't nobody on track to actually reduce emissions, to actually tackle this crisis. And yet you have all of these PMs, all of these presidents around the world that are now sounding an alarm that scientists sounded 20 and 30 years ago. Yeah, so two things about that. You give props to Western Europe that actually did its job since 1990 and has reduced greenhouse gas emissions like far better than any other country, right? And the goal, like you mentioned, for those who don't know, U.S. has this goal which was to cut U.S. emissions uh, roughly in half by the end of this decade, right? The target is aimed at keeping the climate stable at 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming compared to pre-industrial levels. We're, by the way, right now at 1.2 degrees Celsius. And already, like you mentioned, it's 114 in Europe, right? The thing about climate change, though, even though Western Europe did its job, as you, if you've been paying attention to this conversation, Western Europe is cooking right now because... Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Climate change doesn't care about borders. Uh, no, cli- <laughs> because Herschel Walker said that you can't invest in clean energy because then that good air would float over to China's bad air, and then their bad air would come. Was he wrong? Uh, 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 you know, for those who think that we're being too cheeky, Danielle is actually <laughs> quoting Herschel Walker. He literally, and I'm, I'm using the word literally because we're old heads. So we're using the word literally the way it's meant to be used. This fool literally believes that, right? Yeah, but no, climate change doesn't work that way. So here you see Western Europe, like, holy shit, man, we did our job to cut greenhouse gases. U.S. effed up, China effed up, Canada effed up. It doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen. We're in this together. And so we're going to fail. And now what they're saying, Danielle, is forget 50%. We're lucky if we're going to cut it by 25%. And already, you know, the one thing which which is super sobering is we thought, just a couple of years ago, we thought, 
you know what? By 2050, it's going to get really bad, but eh, we'll be dead by then or we'll be old. No, no. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's we, true. Remember that? We're like 2070. This was about four years ago, folks who are listening. We thought the conditions that we're experiencing now, we'd be experiencing in 2070 and 2050. So we were afraid about our kids' generation. We're like, eh, we'll be old or we'll be dead. Nope. We're living right now in some of the worst case scenarios. And by the way, this is some dark humor, but we need dark humor for this conversation. Like, I'm going to tell my kids, hey, kids, enjoy it. This is about as cool as it's ever going to get. This is like, the, these are the good old days. But this is a thing that I'm really terrified about, that I feel like, once again, the dots are not being connected to the American people, to the world, right? Mm. Because this is a global problem. And when we love to say global citizenship, but there is no community-mindedness in this world, right? It is always about silos and about this country is better than this, and what about America first, and blah, blah, blah. But like you're saying— it it is not something that you can just manage in, let's say, New York, and then hope that you're not going to be affected by what is happening in China, by what is happening in Texas and all of these places. And so, you know, what about our water? That's right. What happened? Like, we are in a drought in so many different areas. And what does that mean? That means farmers, right, or the industrial farm complex is no longer going to be able, right, to deliver us the kind of produce that we need. You're not going to be able to water down and feed the livestock that we all rely on, right? You're not going to, like this series of events, there's right now a water uh, a water shortage in a majority of places in the, uh, on the globe. And then there's also a food crisis that is happening. So we wanted to talk about, oh, it's inflation and let's talk about the economy, stupid. Well, if you're paying now 18, 18% more for your grains, right? And you're paying 20, upwards of 20% more for your meat, what do you think is going to happen in the next year or two as entire flocks and farms perish in this country and around the globe? From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. 
Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. It's an interconnected ecosystem and it makes us, you know, you think that the pandemic that flattened right. all of us, but flattened all of us unequally would make people realize how connected and dependent upon each other that we really are. And the frontline workers who oftentimes were poor and black and brown that we depended upon who didn't have access to healthcare, you know, the heroes, we needed them as we were stuck in our home. Like, oh my God, my wealth did not protect me. My whiteness did not protect me. Me being in the suburbs did not protect me from this pandemic, a COVID who did not care about zip codes or ethnicity, who feasted on everyone, but especially those who didn't have access to healthcare and who had pre-existing conditions, you know, it went after black and brown and poor folks uh, unequally. And what we're witnessing with climate change, the same thing is that we're all connected. We need water. We need workers. We need food. We need land. We need clean air. Oh, by the way, everyone cares about a national security and borders. We want to keep those darkies out. Here's a question. When those <laughs> sea levels rise in New York and mm. D.C. and Florida and California, and mm-hmm. you have white climate refugees. Come on. And if these learn, lands burn in Western Europe and all these white folks got to go to brownish countries, how do we want them to treat these white Europeans and white Americans, right? People don't think about this. Like, do we want them to revisit uh, our cruelty, you know, uh, upon them? Something to think about that we're not talking about climate refugees, ladies and gentlemen. And, and to talk about the inequity right now, and I, and I think this, you just got to give the shout out. Africa and African countries and, and these countries that are near the equator, right? They're the ones who are suffering the most from climate change. Yep. We're talking about droughts and, and, and lack of water. These countries, these African countries, oftentimes that are seen as a scourge, right? And all these black folks and brown folks, these poor countries are not responsible, Danielle, for the greenhouse emissions. They are being punished for our greed. They're being punished for US and China and Europe, right? Like they're only responsible for like 4%, I think. It's mostly America, to be honest, that is responsible for this output and China. And so speaking about greed, we have to connect the dots for folks. And so people listening right now are like, man, how come Congress isn't doing anything? We, we voted for Democrats. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's an answer. There was an opportunity for Democrats in Congress to use a loophole to pass this very expansive uh, legislation, which would tax certain companies and use that money to then invest in climate change proposals. Who killed that, Danielle? Was it the progressives? Was it the squad? Can you tell Americans who killed that amazing landmark deal that President Biden and Janet Yellen and everyone tried their best to get through and they could have gone it through if it was not for? Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. Um, because who is responsible for killing most progress in this country? Uh, white, cis, quote unquote, Christian, moderate men. That's who. Right. They're the ones that come in and say, no, no, no. But we don't then elevate the fact that Joe Manchin and his entire family get all of their wealth from coal. We don't elevate and talk about and even in his speech. Joe Biden is talking about Republicans. And I said, "Uh, "Okay," but there's (laughs) a whole other person. Right. Who is a Democrat in D only. 
that is responsible for your administration not being able to do a goddamn thing. So maybe, and people say, Danielle, do not call out Joe Manchin because then he'll just walk right over to the Republicans and they'll be in power. Tell me what would be different. Mm. Tell me what's different than what we are experiencing right now, because I am so fucking tired of Democrats operating from a place of fear where we are already living in the horror movie. So you might as well start to recognize that it doesn't matter whether you try and put Joe Manchin on blast or not, because the reality is Republicans have always shown us who they are. Right. Democrats, however, have always promised to be better, but then also show us who they are. So I'm like, I don't know why the president at this point in time isn't just saying, you know what? I have all these wonderful plans as a way to deal with the compounded crises that every single American family in this country, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, culture, gender, identity, what have you, is facing. And I can't get that done because of one person. This mother right here. This mother right here. That's what I would do. (laughs) I would do that too. I mean, and you know, I want to bring back that Moses example to connect the dots because all of our ancestors and prophets have warned us about human greed and how human greed corrupts yep. and how human greed oppresses the majority, right? And people are sitting there listening you know, to this conversation like, if we knew about this, how come nothing got done? It's because the oil and gas companies didn't care. It's not that they don't believe in climate change. They believe it. And they're not stupid. Republicans and these executives didn't care. Joe Manchin, who is a freaking walking conflict of interest, as Daniel said, he made his million, still makes money from the coal industry. His son makes money from the coal industry. This his man, wife. Mm-hmm. his wife makes money from the coal industry. He gets a record amount of funds from Exxon and oil and gas companies. This man, Joe Manchin, who makes his money from coal, is, ladies and gentlemen, the chairman of the Senate Energy and National Resources Committee. If you ever want to see a more beautiful example of the corruption. It's right there. Joe Manchin, the dude who literally profits off of mother effing coal, is the person who's the chair of of energy and natural resources. And lo and behold, he's the vote that comes out the last second and says, well, gotta scuttle this amazing, uh, you know, a bill that Joe Biden and Democrats have labored over that will increase uh, taxes on uh, corporations around the around the world, and also then use that money to actually effectuate some response to climate change. And so, lo and behold, it's the greed of human beings, the greed of corporations, the greed of Joe Manchin. You sit there and you get so saddened, right? I'm like, you are, are literally condemning the human species to death. You are committing, you are helping. Uh, kill genocide. your own people. Yeah, yep. you're, com- you're committing genocide. I, I don't yep. think this is an exaggeration. And I for don't. what? And they'll say money. Yeah. At least, we get, think to, at, at least we'll get paid. As you're going through, I keep thinking to myself, how much money is enough money? Mm. Joe Manchin has been in power in the state of West Virginia from the state level to the federal level for over 40 years. He is a multimillionaire. His kids, his wife, all of those people protected for generations, right? Like, how much is enough? 
for you to recognize that you alone are responsible, going to be responsible for mass death. I just, you know, and and again, there is no shaming people that are shameless. There is mm. no, there is no amount of wagging of the finger that you can do for people that clearly have no heart, no conviction and are beyond, there needs to be another word for the level of selfishness, which they embody because selfish is just not strong enough of a word to use against them. But as we close today, you know, Waj. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What do you believe is needed, right? Like for this issue to rise to voters, like attention in the next couple of months. You know, uh, we've said this before on the show, and it's just a reflection of the human condition that oftentimes it it requires a tragedy, pain, and suffering for people to finally acknowledge the problem that was always in front of their eyes and underneath their nose. Right now, that problem is sitting on our head. It's a raging inferno of the sun that is cooking us to death. And I think, unfortunately, it will take death the burning of houses, the melting of infrastructure, uh, the removal of, uh, of water and, and land that was once fertile, uh, droughts, uh, and a type of collective suffering for us to finally realize, oh shit, climate change is real, we are dying, and our elected officials have been bought out by oil and gas companies that are willing to commit genocide for profit. And the thing is this, Danielle, is the question I have is how much will people take until they say it's enough? You know, look what's happening in Sri Lanka right now. People said, I'm done with this corrupt government. And then thousands of people literally invaded the presidential palace and the leaders of that country had to like leave to the Maldives, right? There's something to think about. You, you think people will be quote unquote civil, but as people are dying, yep. how long until people say, I'm done? And the people who I've elected and these rich folks are the architects of my oppression. I'm not going to sit around and wait for you to kill me and my children. Mm. 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 Thank you for listening <laughs> to De- <laughs> Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm a sweating Wajahatali. And folks, I don't know if we'll be back. You know, in all honesty, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants here. So we'll see you next week. 
maybe stay cool, stay safe, and stay sane.